I think it's okay to take the pressure off of like, I have to have a bath and read a book every night and mm. meditate and light a scented candle. Like in reality, we can't all do that. And sometimes you just have to get your laptop out and get it done. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, a podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit from reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care or a fitness class to send endorphins soaring, we all find happiness in very different ways. My next guests, Zana van Dijk and Natalie Glaze, find theirs through tackling the global plastic crisis. Their sustainable swimwear brand, Stay Wild Swim, is made from Econile yarn, a regenerated nylon created from fishing nets and other plastic waste rescued from oceans and landfills worldwide. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be here. It's been a crazy year for you guys. You've launched your new brand, which is sold out, I believe, already. Um, yeah, a few yeah, times around. Times. Yeah. And you were selected as the Bright Young Things for Selfridges before yeah, Christmas. We were right? indeed, yeah. So we launched in Selfridges as their Bright New Things Swimmer brand of the year. And we'd yeah. only been going for four months, which wow. was madness that we kind of started having our meetings and kind of signing contracts before we even had product in place so yeah. that was a pretty crazy start to the brand launching yeah, <laughs> just it's, like it's what all is been happening a bit of roller coaster <laughs> been a big roller coaster since then yeah massively. so like to to your followers it must look like you're really like smashing your career goals and like living your best life right now yeah. yeah, but what I, I mean, <laughs> we, do, we do keep it quite honest. I think no, we very much yeah. document. That's what I love about sides. you both is yeah. you're super honest. Like even though you know it looks like you're you know in the Maldives and all these beautiful locations taking these amazing photographs, you're then like and you know behind the scenes it's not all perfect. You know you're you're learning as you're going along. You know you're you're two young women who've just launched a startup and there's lots of trials that go along with that. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I sure is. Yeah, <laughs> we're really keen to just understand your journey to like how you got here, um, because obviously you're known for being influencers in the space. But you know, probably from fitness primarily. But then now you've moved more towards kind of like you know saving the planet. You're, you're both seen as like eco warriors. So yeah, just just keen to understand your story to getting here. Is this in terms of blogging or stay wild or well, a bit of both? A bit of both. Like your your career journeys to date. Like how you how okay. you got here. I mean, these are big questions, so I'm not going to try and break mine down into bullet points. Yeah. Um, because yeah so I've been blogging since the age of 12 I've always been into blogging even as a hobby I was coding web pages when I was 11 because I just love the internet Mm. Um, so I started a live journal when I was 12 did a beauty blog fashion blog everything blog up until I was 19 when I set up a fitness blog as a hobby when I was at university studying speech science and by the time I finished my degree it was at a place where I could actually make a living off my blog so I was like "Mm, I can go and work for the NHS and work in this industry which I absolutely loved um but was a very normal job or i could take this massive risk and give this blogging thing a go become a personal trainer move to london and just give it my all and i chose the latter Mm. and that was about seven years ago six years ago something like that so Mm. since then it's been a wild ride and the industry is um it's a crazy unpredictable world the social media world but it's been really really fun and I've ended up here talking not just about fitness but about as you said sustainability um, conscious living plant-based living all of these different subjects and also setting up a sustainable business with Natalie great summary (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot in there that was a good bullet point list right there (laughs) and how about you how did you get into this world 
Um, I don't think anyone has a typical journey. Mine was all over the place. So I graduated from uni, moved to London, started working in a media agency and just realised that it just wasn't for me. And I wanted to be a journalist. I had this thing in my head that I was going to be a fashion journalist or some kind of journalist. So I set up a blog more like an online CV, talk, talk about my skills, what I was interested in. And I don't really know how it happened, but it kind of got picked up by a few brands. I started working with brands like Nike, um, Adidas really early on. And I think it just kind of rolled from there. It was never really my intention to kind of become, you know, in that space, whatever term you want to call it, influencer, blogger, whatever that is. And it kind of just expanded, started talking more and more about lifestyle, whilst being jack of all trades like I did a Pilates course I did a nutrition course in the evenings I did I was working at an agency I had like three freelance jobs so I was very much kind of guessing and being like what do I want to do with my life whilst building kind of an online audience talking more about sustainability talking more about kind of a more slow fashion approach and me and Zana had met probably is about six years ago now both when we were very into the fitness journey and fitness blogging we were on a retreat we were like stuck in the same room as each other so became friends from spending that much time in each other's space <laughs> doing burpees and like hill sprints All and stuff. stuff and we kind of came, stayed in contact both started talking more and more about sustainability and then I think that's where our idea came from we met up for Avocado toast. Classic millennial (laughs) style brunch. (laughs) And just floated around some ideas around having a sustainable brand, having a brand with an impact. Both knew that was something we were passionate um, in. So yeah, it's been a bit of a journey where it's, there hasn't been a clear path. Like neither of us have got backgrounds in fashion or business. Mm. And we always get asked, I'm taking it you went to fashion college or I take it that you have a background in business. But both of us have kind of come more from the social media angle Mm. and still both have our own career path in terms of what we do. But Stay Wild is something that's just it kind of just happened and now we're like what we have like this business and it's a year and nearly a year and a half in and it's just all encompassing yeah Uh a little bit clearly very like curious you know hard-working driven I guess it takes all of those qualities to kind of get to where you are today and as you say it's kind of evolved over time it wasn't necessarily the plan Mm -hmm. but you know just to people out there who are in their like nine-to-five jobs and they want to get out there and start you know a passion project Obviously, it's not something you can take lightly, right? There's a behind the scenes, there's a lot of late nights, there's a lot of like compromises that you have to make as well with family, I imagine. So like, just be interested to hear about some of the like highs and lows and sacrifices you've had to make so far on this journey. I would say I get asked this a lot about side hustles and changing industry. And my one piece of advice I just want to pile there now is um, be savvy. So when I moved to London and started becoming a blogger initially, um, I actually qualified as a personal trainer and did that to earn my money because blogging wasn't paying me. Um, and I think if I'd moved to London and said, I'm just going to become a blogger, I've, the industry wasn't, the infrastructure wasn't there for me to earn enough money back then to actually pay my rent in London. I mean, it's pretty pricey living here. So I'd say pursue it as a side hustle, work on evenings and weekends, work in your other time um, and make sure that you're still paying yourself and earning a living. And we still do that now with Stay Wild. We both have separate businesses and separate um, jobs from Stay Wild and we use those those to fund us and to fund Stay Wild Swim. So yeah, yeah I'd say just the reality of it. I think people online make it look really easy that you can just like create this new business overnight and work on it full time. And 
that's just not the reality. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be more open conversations saying that actually you do have to work other jobs to fund it because yeah. it doesn't make a profit overnight or earn you money overnight. Yeah. And I guess it's the mundane, boring work as well. I mean, I guess you guys mm-hmm. are you're emailing a lot. Do you use any like tech platforms like Slack just to make your lives a bit easier and for you to work smarter together? Not for Stay Wild. I think Stay Wild, our main communication is probably just WhatsApp, if yeah. I'm honest. Um, but we do communicate regularly. But it is it is all encompassing and just following on from what Zana just said, I think it's really important to when you're setting up a business, especially it's such a huge risk and having some kind of other form of income makes that whole loss a lot less risky. Like I speak to people who say, I want to quit my nine to five I worked mm-hmm. in for 30 years and we'll start a business that I've only just come up with the idea and I'm like, well, that is a lot of pressure. Like that's your mortgage. That's all this, this stuff that's on the line. But actually for us having these, what you would call side hustles or other forms of income just has made the whole thing less pressure that we have to turn over a certain amount. It has to be our full-time income. It just alleviates that pressure a little bit. Mm. But yeah, it's very much an all-encompassing. I completely forgot what your question no, was. No, that's fine. The challenges, the challenges. Oh, damn. There are a lot of challenges. I think running a business itself is a challenge and there mm. it isn't a walk in the park. And I think we both try and be very honest about the fact that it is a very up and down roller coaster journey. Like in one day, you'll have 10 different emotions and you'll have the best moment ever. And then the di- like one second after, you're like, oh my gosh, why have I started this? I think it's like the fact that it is a huge commitment of time and you do have to be prepared that you're going to be sacrificing and you will have to really put in the effort but you can't just start a business and expect it to be a success without really putting in the graft and we have grafted so hard and you Mm. see all these amazing highlights and what what the brand's doing which we're so grateful for but behind that is like slog and hard work and real motivation and understanding that sometimes you might not be able to go to that like, social thing or those events because actually you're doing the day-to-day and the mm-hmm. day-to-day takes up so much time and effort. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think there's a lot of additional pressure to have this perfect work-life balance. And I think sometimes we can actually stress ourselves out thinking, why do I not have this perfect work-life balance? And I actually had this conversation with my boyfriend last night because I was up pretty late working and he just said, look, this isn't forever. Like, I think you've just realized that this is going to be it for the next few years, but there is an end point. Mm. And I think it's actually okay to accept that for maybe a couple of years, you might lose that work-life balance, but in the long term, it will it will pay off. I mean, get enough sleep, eat your greens, but like, you've got to take care of the basic needs. But I think it's okay to take the pressure off of like, I have to have a bath and read a book every night and mm. meditate and light a scented candle like in reality we can't all do that and sometimes you just have to get your laptop out and get it done exactly. and I think we need to like, release the guilt of thinking I have to have this perfect work-life balance sometimes you just can't and like that's okay mm. that's totally okay and you can only really handle like three proper things at once like whether it's like right now for you guys maybe it's your work it's your startup it's your maybe next it's your friends and then it's your family mm-hmm. maybe it means you know other things will have to fall by the wayside for a little bit but then you can you know pick them up in five ten years and also you can tag team a little bit like there's two of you so if one mm-hmm. of you is having a particularly hard time then you can bounce off the other that's how I feel with my business partner quite a lot Trying something new can change how you feel about yourself. Now you can get that feeling with ClassPass, the app that connects you to the best fitness experiences wherever you are. Keep your body flexing and your mind feeling good at home with unlimited access to thousands of free video and audio workouts with some of the world's best trainers. To get them, just create a free ClassPass account now. 
But let's so let's go back to the brand itself. So you said you you met up at these kind of retreats and things, and then so you started brainstorming initially. Like, how did you really get the ball rolling? Like, did you incorporate a company, or did you find the fabric? Like, what really ignited the whole journey? I think for us, there was never actually a defining moment where we said this is now a business, we're now going to run a swimmer brand. For us, actually, it started a little bit backwards. So we created a social media account, first and foremost, um, and then told our followers, this is what we're planning on doing. We'd love your support, we'd love your ideas, and we're gonna document the whole journey. So we did that before we'd even registered the business, which is such a backwards way of thinking about it. But actually, what was great is we were able to get people on board from the very beginning, show the behind the scenes of, I don't know, the journey from the fabric the um, factory all sorts like that we came up with the idea we then went about did like the normal business things like registering a business making sure that you have a logo you have xyz but for us it was very important that we that was almost like our audience research we got them involved from the very beginning we'd be saying these are the colors we're torn between do you want to vote what color do you want so actually showing them from the very beginning because both of us were saying we had no experience of running a fashion business and actually if you look at a lot of businesses it just looks like they appear and they're super successful but you don't know the story behind how that brand started you don't know where it's made you don't know who's making it for us it's very important that we got people involved from the very beginning so yes we did the the brand, the logo, the name, but actually that came first for us and having that audience journey was super crucial. And I think it was more of a test, like let's just see if anyone's interested and now here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we literally said, I remember sitting in this, this cafe um, and saying, you know what, we'll just dip our toe in and then if it doesn't go well after one year, we'll close the company and it'll have been a nice, fun experiment. And we didn't invest too much money the first year. So we were like, it won't be, it won't have lost too much. We'll just, we'll just give it a go. And then we dipped our toe in, and then next thing you know, you're up to your femur, and now we're <laughs> up to our necks. Yeah. So I think it just, that's just the way it happened. We didn't think it would become what it has. Oh, no, I didn't think it'd become what no. it has. So it's it's been a really wild and unexpected, surprising ride. Yeah. That's what you've just got to do in business, though. I think a lot of the time, and what it's taught us is you have to just give these things a go. You can sit on an idea for a year, two years, and you can think, oh, I really want to do it, but maybe I need to learn more. I need to get more audience feedback, or I need to test it. I think actually it's quite, it's quite, it's just great actually to just jump in, give it a go, knowing it's not going to be perfect, learning as you go, evolving mm-hmm. as you go as a brand. But mm-hmm. just that's what I, also advice I would give is just if you have an idea, just give it a go. It's not going to be your ideal perfect polished business when you first launch it like ours wasn't but Mm. actually you grow as a brand and you just got to get something out there so you said you reached out to your audience to kind of ask them what direction you should take so did you get feedback from them about the sorts of materials and things like that like the eco now you mentioned the material we had come up with so we'd already heard of the material we loved both of us kind of grew up around water water the ocean everything like like that's our passion point that's the reason why we started the brand Mm. And I think we we heard about the material. We thought that's such a natural journey. One, it's something which we really are passionate about. Two, taking ocean plastic waste, turning it into swimwear, which can be turned into beautiful pieces, which can then be worn in the ocean. is such a lovely story. Yeah. For us, the audience participation started more when it was choosing colorways. So we always get people to vote on colors. All of the names of the collections and the pieces are voted for by our audience. They're all chosen by them. We got them involved at the beginning from open casting calls. So all of the models which we use are from open casting calls. They're all is just everyday women who've applied so for us it's about getting them from that very first step to feel like they have a part to play in the brand so then they can see a new color release and they'll say i voted for that color this brand's actually listened to what i have to say and for us we don't 
we don't really know what we're doing. So having other voices and people to kind of direct and say, actually, we would love this or we'll say, what, what style do you want to see next? And mm. being able to actually get that actual feedback from your consumer base is so important, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. Because, I mean, you can slam social media for all you want for you know, making people feel bad or get, experiencing FOMO. But for situations like this where you guys are actually actively getting your audience to participate and be involved in a brand like that's quite empowering for them and for you so that there are clearly some perks that go along with it right? yeah and I think we wanted our social media to be a positive space and one that as a woman you could come to and you could see your body type or someone who looks like you represented and mm. it be a place that makes you feel good about yourself in the swimwear and that was very important from us like from the beginning that it was a positive supportive space and it's we support other brands we have an eco director we shout out about other great brands and people we interview women which we think are doing amazing things in the business so for us it's more of a community and like all of the women we use will never photoshop an image of them we make sure that we show that we've had women who had colostomy bags we've had women who've had scars we never make a massive deal out of it we're just like well these are women as well and they want to wear our swimmer so therefore they should be represented and I think it's quite important that as a brand you have it wasn't necessarily a, a big decision for us it was just like well obviously we'll use these uh, like a variety of bodies and like be inclusive in terms of the women we use but actually hearing the feedback of how that makes people feel and the fact that it's the first time they want to show their daughter who's just coming on social media a brand because they think this will have a positive impact on her and how she views her body mm. that's actually quite important and I think you have a like you you should be doing that as a brand you should be making people feel good when they come to your page so yeah. it's about that balance yeah okay so we talked about hacking happiness in terms of your careers and let's talk about relationships so obviously the two of you work together on this brand how important is female friendship okay like working with one of your closest friends like do you give each other confidence boosts when you need it and like do you like make sure that you go out and treat yourselves occasionally to kind of take a bit of the pressure off like just interested to hear your how you balance things as, as a duo I would say that we don't we're bad at um, going out and celebrating. <laughs> We're really bad at that. And I think we should. Even, like, we need to do that. Mm -hmm, we need to, we like, do. go and have a gin sometimes. <laughs> like, I, think, I think we deserve it. Um, but we do really empower each other. Like, every time we see each other and we talk, we're like... You're basically just like you're amazing you're smashing this like we're, we're nailing this like we're constantly supporting and empowering each other and I think I think you need that I think um like just with the day-to-day -day work and everything it can you can start to lose yourself and lose the the fun mm. of the business um mm, so and the purpose sometimes. yeah so to have somebody there who's like cheering you on I think is really really important mm, you have to be each other's biggest cheerleaders because I think both of us wear we are very driven, we've got big goals for the business and we are, probably are quite hard on ourselves in terms of we, we want big things, we have a high standard of how we want things executed and you can be quite hard on yourself and I think it would be a lot more difficult to run a business by myself. I, I don't think I'd be able to do it actually and where every time we see each other, just being able to be like, you know what, you're killing it at the moment or you're doing really well or I know that I've been busy but this is what I've done and we just, I feel like we often will just remind each other by the way like look what we've achieved and I think without having two of us in that situation it's a so it can be a very lonely environment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in terms of female friendships I think outside of the business it's really important so, to surround yourself by people who one support you and love what you're doing and also understand that say the last year there have been times when I've missed social occasions or I haven't been that good at replying because I've been super busy and just people who are like I get it you're busy I support what you're doing you know I'm here for you and if you're stressed you can ring me whenever but also like 
you might not be around that much I get it over the next few weeks you're super busy and for me it's so important to surround myself by those with those supportive people I'm very much about I think we should all be supporting each other and I've got friends who run businesses and I will always make sure that I'm like their biggest cheerleaders and it makes such a, it just makes such a difference if you're a small business you're working so hard having that one person say something nice and supportive you're like day made okay cool <laughs> this is why I'm doing it and yeah. you find out who your real friends are, don't you, when you oh, get to this damn, level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. The other day, somebody, one of my friends, bought a piece from Stay Wild Swim. And I was, like, almost brought to tears. I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, when somebody <laughs> actually buys something from us, I'm like, wow. I don't know. I just think it just is such a sign of, like, their their actual support. Like, they're putting their, their money behind us and everything that we're doing. And it just feels like a huge pat on the back and a bit of recognition. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing, like, having people step up and really be wholeheartedly supportive mm. and yeah. what about your families too are you both in relationships that you know with partners that understand what you're going to you, you touched on it earlier with your your partner saying oh you're staying up too late but he understands no he definitely he definitely understands and like I'm constantly apologizing to him like mm. last night he came home and I was having an absolute stress meltdown and the, mo- <laughs> the moment <laughs> very unlike me and the moment he walked in the door I was like babe I'm a mess don't come near me give me half an hour and he was like okay <laughs> but then in half an hour I was fine and we talk it through and he's kind of like my therapist <laughs> when things start to get really stressful and I'm constantly thanking him like thank you for understanding my schedule thank you because I worked all weekend this weekend mm. and he had a free weekend and he was kind of like waiting around for me yeah. and I'm like thank you for waiting for me thank you for spending your time with me thank you for understanding that I'm busy this weekend so he is really supportive and he always says like, I know that you're doing this because you can, because you're passionate. So I'm so, 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 so lucky with that because I know I could definitely be with somebody who was like, oh, give me your time, like give mm. your attention to me. And he he doesn't expect that. He I give him as much as I can, obviously, bless him, love him. But um, <laughs> he understands that he doesn't get as much as, I guess a typical relationship yeah. would give him. <laughs> well, I guess he's very proud of you and that's why he's with you. I hope so, yeah. I hope so. I think he is. Yeah. And that, how about you, have you got any kind of special people in your life you know like even your family that understand yeah. what you're going through it must be hard yeah my family is super supportive like yeah. they have been from the beginning when we first launched <laughs> we didn't have a fulfillment team so mm. you're obviously sending out all these orders and I was literally on on the edge I was a woman on the edge those first few weeks mm. like trying to balance it all and my mum and dad were like get everything down here my mum was like in the evenings I'll pack me and your sister can do it. We'll do it for free. We'll support you. That's like, love. <laughs> yeah, and and my whole room was take literally was a factory, and my parents were boxing. And like when we when we had when we had like a really big busy sales day, my sister was like, "Cancelled all my plans. I'm here. I'm packing all your stuff. I've been packing mm-hmm. all weekend." And like that level of support of just no questions. This isn't a favor you don't have to pay us back. This is us just saying we believe in what you're doing, and we are going to back you, and we'll do what we can to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. And the same with my boyfriend. He has literally been. I'm very lucky. We're both very lucky. He helps a lot with Stay Wild. He's got a full-time job and he help, he's, a, he's an accountant, which is the most useful job yeah. to so have useful. when you start a business. So he he helps with all the Stay Wild accounts. He, and on days when I'm really stressed, like I'll come home, he's made me dinner and he's like, I've sorted all the factory stuff, like don't need to worry about it. And just having that level of someone who just, there's no questions asked, there's, that support's like unwavering and knowing, again, it's the same as Anna, like there'll be nights where 
all I talk about is the business and we're up till 11.30 working on a pitch deck or something which he's then helping me on. And I'm, and then I feel really bad because I'm like, our rela- your relationship shouldn't be taken over by work, but he's the same as it's, this is a short-term thing. If I can support you as much as I can, like, it will benefit me as well and I want you to be happy and he really believes in what we're doing, mm. which is, I feel really lucky because you hear a lot of people who launch businesses and their relationships break down, their yeah. friendships break down. And I was actually quite worried about when I started, I was like, this is consuming my whole life like this is all I'm thinking about and will that have an effect on my relationship and I think it often does luckily for us we've been blessed with very supportive men yes. <laughs> shout, shout out to, shout out out to the boys Sunday we'll like, I'll repay I'll pay you, you back. <laughs> for all your time and energy and Sunday nights Love. working on things they sound like keepers absolutely oh, keepers yeah, for sure mm-hmm. and what about your social tribe as well because obviously they've been following you from the beginning and they've obviously start, now followed you with your new brand so like what kind of like what do, rewards do you get from, from them do you, do you obviously communicate with them daily weekly mm-hmm. you know what do you get back from them? I'd say for me, the most amazing thing that I receive or we receive through the brand is mm. when women say that they feel amazing in our pieces and often we'll get messages or DMs and we'll we'll send them to each other, we'll screenshot and send them to each other like, oh my God, look what this lady said. Like she said it made her feel like a Bond girl and she felt like so comfortable in her skin and they, I don't know, it's just that that immediate feedback, people sending their thoughts on the actual the actual swimwear. I mean, I'm proud of the brand, I'm proud of our imagery, I'm proud of all of that, but when somebody compliments the actual swimwear and how it's designed and how it makes them feel, like that's our physical product and that's what most of our energy goes into. So when somebody sends us feedback and said that it makes them feel amazing, it's just... Yeah, it's yeah. really, really rewarding. Mm. I think we're really lucky. I think we have such a supportive community across both mm. of our channels and mm-hmm. Stay Well. But because we've been so open about the ups and downs and the journeys, I think people are so invested. So they'll mm. be like, look what you did. I know you're really stressed about that and you pulled it off. And I, we just have such cheerleaders who people who just constantly offering support and we try and communicate with them as much as we can and make them feel involved. But we have such, we're really lucky with our audience of on Stay Well because they just back us so much mm, and really mm. believe in what we're doing and like we'll do when we launch in Selfridges <laughs> just get messages being like I know you're about to break down and I saw that you cried five times last week but I'm so proud of you and these are people who often you've never met and you mm. just think it's we're so lucky to have such supportive people who want to support the brand whether it's buying the swimmer or whether it's just following along and being like I back you I love your idea mm. So I feel when we get messages, we're both just like, that's the important thing. In the end of the day, you have to have that great relationship with your consumers and they want, you want to feel good in the pieces and mm. make the brand make them feel good. So yeah, does, it means does it a lot. feel weird though sometimes that you're kind of like revealing your whole self to these people like strangers, like you say, like, do you ever feel like they've encroached on a private moment? Or I guess you're putting yourself out there for them to see anyway. But does it feel weird sometimes that they they know you better than you think? Well, my whole brand is based on oversharing. Um, So (laughs) if you watch my Instagram stories, you will know that I am so open. Uh, So for me, it comes very naturally to share the highs and the lows. And actually, when I share the challenges um that's when i get the most messages of people saying like thank you like just thank you for sharing that like we i needed to hear that i needed to see that i needed that like reassurance that everything's not just silky smooth and easy constantly so personally it comes easy to me but when nat and i first start working together <laughs> nat hates like hated 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 <laughs> um like being on camera and sharing didn't you yeah my, when i first started instagram mine was 
very just visual. Everything aesthetic. looked very pretty, was very aesthetic, and I never really shared anything about me. Like people would follow me, but I actually didn't know anything about my life. Was it more about like the and food you were reviewing? Yeah, and stuff the like food, that? the photos, making everything look very pretty. Yeah. And that was kind of always my vibe. I always, maybe I felt quite like a private person. I don't know what it was. And then we launched the business, and I was like, Zana, you can chat on camera. That's your job. Like you do that. You're great at that. And I'm not going to get, I'll just, I'll just make it all look great. And, you know, I can be behind the scenes fine. And then actually, I've started, especially over the last year and a half, I just share so much more. Like, I've definitely become more of an open book, especially on my channel, like, talking about ups, downs, breakdowns, <laughs> crying on the tube. Like, I'm very much... I, because it's so such a big part of my life, I want to share it. And I think when we launched, I was like, there aren't, there aren't brands being open. There aren't... I follow all these amazing entrepreneurs, but I'm only seeing the highlights. So I think, actually, for me, I was like, I want to give an open, honest review and journey and it's been really eye-opening and oh now you can't keep me away from the camera no <laughs> but Zan has definitely helped me um become more comfortable chatting to the camera I really good now. like we did we did a partnership with Instagram and we had to do like they filmed us for like three days and we had to sit and chat to the camera and I was just like you just got to get better at this you just got to become more comfortable and I just think it's always like a little switch like clicked and I just realized that people people are more supportive and like so lovely and mm. they want to see all that side of you and get mm. to know you better as a person I think like for me personally what I realised is when I consume content I like personality led content mm. um, so I kind of was thinking if that's what I enjoy consuming why isn't that what I produce you know so mm. I just think it's nice when we produce content mm. which shows our personalities like we have this series on our Instagram TV mm. called the Founders Series and we just chat to the camera about certain questions related to the business and that goes down so well and I think it's so valuable to kind of like show the faces behind the brand mm, the personality um, behind the brand and yeah, humanise exactly. it a little bit yeah. exactly you were like oh you two are really weird <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes <laughs> So we, we touched on this earlier, self-care practices, and actually, like, we shouldn't beat ourselves up occasionally, you know, if we can't squeeze in the hot bath, like you said, and, and you know, doing everything perfectly. But what are some things that you both do when you when it's all getting a bit too much? For me, I try and... There's been a few things. When, I, when we first launched, I definitely lost all kind of perspective of whatever you want to call it, self-care, having a balance, and I just... I definitely was on the edge of burnout last year. Like there was a few times when I was like, you're losing it. <laughs> and I think I had to really take a step back and be like, there are certain things you need to do either on a daily or a weekly basis. For me, it's movement, even if it's just walking. Like I live very near a park, a big green open space. Even if I just try and go for a little walk or go to the gym or something where I feel like I'm moving. Because if I'm just sat at my desk in my house on my laptop stressed every day I just could feel it in my body and actually just saying you just need to put in a little slot of time and um, for me I love I love working out and that's it really helps me switch off I just go into that place where I don't really think about anything so I think movement but also reading I know we said earlier like not people don't have time to read but I've always been an avid reader my whole family read we've got bookcases everywhere in my family home and it was always my happy place and then I kind of just stopped because I was so busy and I just didn't think I had time but for me I really had to be really strict with myself so before I go to bed no matter what time it is I'll read a few pages even if it's literally three pages and I can't keep my eyes open always have a book in my bag which is why my bag is always heavy okay. so even when I'm on the tube I'm just like read a few pages and it just helps me switch off and go to that other place and there's not many things that help you that almost make you go into a whole other world and you're not really aware of emails of time of the fact that you're going to have to post an Instagram story so yeah I, I try and read and I like 
from that I've started a book swap club I, I saw yeah yeah cool. so I've been able to kind of create these communities of women who just come and talk about books and read and it's been really important for me to help switch off the so reading and movement and drinking water and eating your veggies you know the usual jam the usual. but you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having lots of chocolate as well that helps me just stay Amen. sane the endorphins obviously yeah exactly <laughs> I'd say for me something I realized over the past year or two is I work alone most of the time um I'm on my own on my laptop 90% of my time um so for me self-care actually often is human connection and spending time with people and I think there's often a perception that self-care is only things you do alone in your bathroom or (laughs) in bed I don't know just chilling out but for me sometimes and most of the time I think self-care is actually spending time with people spending time with my friends so if I'm feeling like oh my god I'm just so overwhelmed I just need to speak to someone even if it's just um and my boyfriend when he comes home like spending quality time switching off and just hanging out together and not not talking about work for half an hour Mm. um or actually hanging out with friends catching up for breakfast catching up for dinner Uh, so i think for me self-care is often yeah human connection yeah Mm. and have you both you touched on earlier that you suffered a bit of burnout like do you do you get periods of stress or like trouble sleeping with the roles that you do i mean juggling so much stuff it, it must get to you sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, this year has been super stressful, but yeah. that is part of the job. Like, you don't set up a business and expect it not to be stressful. I knew yeah. it was going to come with stress. I don't think I realised how much, and uh, maybe a lot of it was naivety. Like, we said yes to the Selfridges order, mm. um, said yes to a huge amount of stock, which we probably should have maybe waited a few more months until we were a bit more set up and I was just like I'll figure it out it'll be Mm. fine and actually that was a huge amount of pressure and it was very very stressful because it's so it's like deadlines you can't change Mm. um and yeah I I definitely have suffered a lot with stress but I think I'm learning to manage it better and I'm learning to delegate a bit more or just say something like I'll message Anna be like by the way I'm really struggling this week like this is we've got these deadlines and I can't fit it in and then I'll and then we'll figure out a way of Maybe she can work on some things which I was working on at the time. So I think it's just being a bit more open about it and delegating. Also just hired an intern, which is going to save my life. (laughs) But I just think, yeah, just being aware when you're on the edge. And I think before you should try and push through and be like, you've got to do this. You've got to work really hard. But Mm -hmm. learning to kind of be a bit more strict with my time. I'm a very stressed human being, Um, (laughs) but I have also accepted that that's kind of like my default. And even if there comes a quiet period, I feel it. So I feel like I'm just built this way. And Mm. I think I don't thrive in quiet periods. I thrive when I'm busy. Um, and I get more done when I'm busy. So I've just accepted that this is is the way I am. I, I did used to, when I first moved to London and I first got into this industry and I was personal training from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. and this, that and the other, I'd have like a meltdown once a month um, or more frequently than that. Whereas now I feel like I actually probably work harder than I did then, but I am now am more capable of handling that. Mm. Um, so, and I also juggle more things. I feel like my life back then when I first moved to London was super simple because I was just personal training and doing a bit of blogging for fun. Whereas now I feel like I'm juggling multiple businesses and multiple avenues and multiple things and handling multi- multiple people that work for me. And I'm just thinking, oh, but I'm actually much better at handling it than I was a few years ago. So I do, I've never burnt out, but I do get 
the feeling is overwhelmed. That's how I always describe it. I just mm. feel overwhelmed. And then I have a little cry, talk to my boyfriend, and then it's like the system, and then I'm cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't advocate for that, but it's just the reality, so yeah. I'm not um, going to lie. I was, you, um, so, I'm sorry. sorry. I was chatting to my friend um, the other day, and she was saying that there's like, um, they were talking about it at work, and there was a guy who said he was, addic- he was like a chaos addict, and he was like, it is wired in some people that if your, you know, life is chilled, you then... Fill it. fill it and then you complain about being stressed and I, I do think that me and Zan are both like if you have big ambitions and you want to do stuff like we were both too busy to set up a business but we set up a business mm-hmm. so kind of got ourselves to blame for that to be honest exactly <laughs> I think with our businesses that we have there's always more to do mm-hmm. like there's there's not a clock off um, I think I sometimes look at my boyfriend and I envy his life because even though he works long hours right he gets up at 5.20 with me. He's in his office by 6.30. He leaves his office at 5.30. He, he works long and hard and looks at like eight screens, big screens on a wall all day. Um, but then he comes home and he doesn't have to do anything all night. And he never works on weekends. And he like just can switch off. Mm. And I'm like, I have never had that in my career. Mm. I've never had that. And I just can't relate to it. It's um yeah I think that's the one thing that that makes it a challenge to switch off in our industry is the fact that there's always more to do especially when it's your own brand your own business yeah, like and social media and like yeah DMs replying and to DMs and, and comments and mm. social it, yeah it's just never ending but, but also put, we love it so you love it, exactly. just disclaimer, yeah. love, disclaimer love, love it love my yeah, life very, very <laughs> love your business so. <laughs> you get I guess you have to put boundaries in place sometimes mm. right to make yeah. sure it doesn't bleed into every aspect of what you're doing yeah sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like I always put my phone on airplane mode in the evenings um, from like 9pm and then it was actually I was on a panel and this girl was like it's, it's the best thing I ever did and I thought like, I'm gonna try that and then we were definitely whatsapping at like 10 or 30 p.m. the other night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not gonna lie. It's not like not the, it's not super strict, <laughs> but I put it on. But, but one thing I actually am strict on is I wake up and I make myself a cup of tea and I do my skincare and I don't have my phone on off airplane mode. So I wait until I've like sat down, I've got a cup of coffee and then I'm like, I can face the world now. Mm. And then I turn it off and that actually really helps because you don't wake up to millions of messages and millions of notifications mm. of like emails and this, that, the other. Mm. Yeah. Because that's yeah. stressful. Otherwise you wake up and you're like, <gasps> straight away. Yeah. Like, also, the day. I have, I think Nat knows this because I'll wake, I'll go on my WhatsApp to seventy WhatsApps, but I have no notifications on my phone. Oh, yeah, no, so I have, I, I no have way. no notifications <laughs> on. Um, yeah. So, because I, I had a moment. So I have a podcast um, with the BBC, and when you're yeah. in there, you have to have everything on airplane mode. Mm. And then I would come out, and when I came out, I would be, I'd go Bring! with like twenty notifications, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, <gasps> and get like anxiety in my chest. Yeah. And I just thought that one day that happened, I just went. No, yeah. I just turned off every single notification. I have nothing on my phone except phone calls because I'm like, if it's urgent, like if Nat needs me, if my agent needs me, if somebody needs me, they'll call me, right? Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I have nothing turned on yeah, because I I've just think that. it's an absolute game changer. Such a yeah. lifesaver. It takes the power back, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like I choose when I do my emails. My yeah. emails don't choose that I'm exactly. going to see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's something to be said, isn't it? It's it's the dopamine spike you get. It's Mm. kind of like people get addicted to it because it's like, you know, someone's writing me a message, someone's engaging with me, but then too much of it can be just too too much. Yeah, exactly. And how about things like CBD? Have you guys ever, like, got into that or is it not really for you? No? No. tried it? No. CBD is the... It's like the the hemp oil. Uh, Yeah, to be fair, I actually have a little pot next to me because I've got sent some with some, like, organic sustainable tampons. They're little, like, drops. Oh, yeah. And I did put them under my tongue 
but then I just stopped doing it. <laughs> so, but I take magnesium because apparently that helps you sleep. So I've always suffered with sleep. I've always yeah. had a bit of insomnia, wake up quite a lot, especially yeah. if I'm stressed. Okay. So that's why I think I have to be quite strict with turning my phone off and reading. Yeah. But magnesium apparently is supposed to help. And to be fair, I actually haven't suffered with sleep for a while. Touch wood, touch wood. Okay. Um, so that's it. That's all I do, really. I don't do CBD or anything. Um, but I just focus on like trying to look after my body. And I mm. think ultimately you're only going to work the best that you can if your body is functioning best yeah, so yeah. I like for, for example like now like exercise is non-compromisable to me yeah. I have to I have to train I have to move and I have to try and eat lots of plants lots of healthy food mm. lots of greens get them yeah. greens in um, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. and I know that if I'm doing that at least I'm winning at one thing you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. so getting to fitness so the, like, we've kind of moved from this whole like work hard play hard smashing hit classes to get the kind of you know endorphin rush thing to a more I don't know, we're looking after each other more, aren't we? It's mm. low intensity exercise. It's actually all about slowing down. So, but still, I mean, what are what are some th- things that you do that kind of get you the, the, the spike and the, the euphoric feeling? Like, do you go cobble to swimming together? I mean, that's very trendy <laughs> oh, right now. I would love to do that. We should do that, but no. <laughs> you should go in the Lidos in London. I actually went in the Serpentine did last, you? yeah. We did a shoot and then the girl like dragged me in and then it was actually nice, but also like those those geese are scary. That's, yeah, because I don't yeah. know if you were there when the Aquaphysical launched their um their floating yoga mats and oh, yeah, yeah. i don't think anyone knew that they had to actually walk into the water with all like the goose poo everywhere and like mm, and they're yeah. sliding around yeah <laughs> it smells like a pond um no Lovely. yeah no no cold water swimming as much as i would i love the idea of it I haven't no i don't do that um for me i just try and move like i try and do a bit of pilates but i at the moment <laughs> This is such a plug. At the moment, I'm doing Zana's workout guide, (laughs) which she sent me because I I just wanted to get into more of a routine. Um, I like lifting weights; it makes me feel good. Mm. I don't really, I don't really talk about fitness on my channel at all. I used to talk about it a lot, but for me, I'm just like, for me, I think there's some really amazing women out there like Zana who have some really incredible fitness content that offer some really good stuff to the industry. I don't really feel like I'm just like I like to work out, do my thing. I don't need to tell people about it. Mm. For me, it's more for myself, um, not for anyone else. Um, but I do, I, I use Zana's guide, and it's making me feel really strong. And I, I don't know why. Hey. When I feel strong and I'm lifting weights and trying to make sure I move and my body is working properly, then I feel like I can, like you said, work at your optimal. Mm. So like if you look after yourself, then you're going to perform better in your everyday life and you're going to feel good and then you're going to live longer and you're going to have a happier, healthier life. Mm. Apart from if you have, you know, insides that like twist and fall apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's small things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as a trainer yourself, like do you find time to actually squeeze it in? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm doing the same program as Nat nice. right now. Um, <laughs> so weird I, watching yourself? there or is it like or is it online videos or is it just like a program? oh no it's a program right, so okay. it's like a, a written program yeah. um so yeah i did one of the workouts this morning mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. i i train a mix of weight training and then body weight conditioning and also i was just abroad and i did some long runs um because my friend is marathon training and i joined her and i actually really weirdly as somebody who didn't th- think they liked running really really enjoyed them mm. um so i'm gonna try and do a couple more runs as well because it's just nice to switch off because you have no distraction for mm. like however long you run for so yeah mm. i do a nice little mix yeah and do you have to listen to music when you run are you one of these people i used to listen to music mm. now it depends on my mood mm. depends on my mood sometimes i like banging tunes in my ears and sometimes i just want to be like nothing no distractions no input because i think mm. For, like in my own life I'm constantly stimulated I'm mm. addicted to podcasts um, so I'm 
always have a podcast in the background. Whatever I'm doing, brushing my teeth, brushing my hair, doing my makeup, cooking my dinner, there's a podcast in the background. Mm. And I think I value silence a lot now. So mm. um, when I go for a run quite a lot, I like to have nothing. And then I can just have no input. <laughs> you just have that little time off that you need. Exactly. And so do you think the fitness industry has changed a lot since you've been in it, since you've been working in it? Oh, massively. I mean, when I started, it was all bodybuilding. Mm. Um, I was a bodybuilder. Wow. <laughs> I remember um, those days. Yeah, <laughs> I was like full on greased up, tan tangoed wow. bodybuilder. So... <sighs> those were the days and um, things have changed completely now I used to track macros and do all these crazy things and I think balance there was a shift towards balance mm. and now there's a shift towards even from balance to more just holistic lifestyle and it's been taken away from purely calories to actually micronutrients macronutrients like getting in a whole variety of different foods. So mm. I think the industry has shifted away from being really niche and being focused on like one specific way of training, et cetera, to embracing all forms of movement. And I feel like the industry has become more inclusive um, since since I joined and since I became a part of it. So I'm really happy about that because the more people we can get moving, the better. Yeah. And do you think the, the industry is very saturated right now, like especially in London with all these classes? Do you think we'll start to see you know, a scaling down of these two days? Do you think there's only so many that can survive, right? Yeah, this is something that I'm interested in because it feels like there's there's studios popping up everywhere. Mm. And I think there will be a cap at some point soon in London, but I think expansion will happen in other cities across the UK. Mm. Um, I've been talking to somebody recently who, who franchises his studios and he's in a lot of conversations with people in Manchester, Leeds, Birmingham. So I think that other cities will start getting these boutique studios. Mm. Um, but I'm interested to see the price point because... That obviously the average income in London is higher and the the costs of classes here are very expensive. So I'm wondering how much are they going to charge yeah. up north? Exactly. <laughs> you can't see them paying 20 quid a class. No, like, yeah. no. But I mean, with class pass moving out to Brighton and then to Bristol, Manchester, mm. you can see it's it's happening. It is happening. Yeah. It's Slowly but surely. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you guys for taking time out of your very busy days to come and record with me. It's Thank you for pleasure. having us. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.